everything that is required to move us forward and out of this currently resides in your workforce. Yes. Everything you need is um, present every day when you're walking through the doors. Welcome to the Matador Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of the Matador Buscast. That's right, I said Buscast. I've done podcasts on planes, trains, automobiles, and Yacht yachts, but I've never done one on a bus. That's correct. And I have a very special guest with me. I have Sean, the BDC Alchemist, or from BDC Alchemy. Correct, yes. Thank you very much. You're such a rock star. You know that? Uh, not yeah, yet. Get that up not there yet. so I can hear yeah, you. There we go. There, there you are. Right. <laughs> me and sean go way back so i can have a little fun with them hey sean yes everything bdc man talk about a crazy last couple of years yep. and just you know now looking at uh the way the industry is changing the way uh the economy is changing mm -hmm. um man communication is just like the most important thing that i think any dealership can be focusing on you know for this year but man i'd love to kind of get your take on what should we be focusing for 2023? People, always focus on your people. <laughs> it's always about people. Interestingly enough, you mentioned communication. Um, that's an age old kind of argument or an age old topic that we've been talking about forever, right? So um, it's not necessarily about communication, but I think moving forward, it should be more about effective communication. I like that. Yeah. So the interesting thing uh, for me and what I've been learning lately, especially since uh, people have been uh, furloughed, they're working from home and what mm -hmm. have you, is that um, a lot of people don't um, necessarily understand, I guess if I could say that, that um, the people that actually are in their care, it's not necessarily about the objective reality of your employees, but um, more so subjective, um, like the way they take so... Um, how can I say this? Uh, subjective interpretation, if you will. All right. So give for a fact like, uh, I don't know, there's a car accident. You're standing there and I'm standing here. Just by the very purpose of us ha being in two very different angles, it changes the narrative of what we're seeing. It's one event with two different things, right? So I can only imagine, you know, the pressures of like managers and whatnot that have like 30, 40, 50 employees. You can't just say one thing and expect everybody to understand it the same way. Exactly. So I think moving forward, effective communication is, is, is at the root of what we're doing. It, you know, it is it, it, effective communication. And but it's also how, how do we get our team to effectively communicate? Right. We're going to go down to the kind of those three favorite pillars of mine, you know, the people, the process and the technology, Absolutely. you know, and um, it, it, there's no better time for us to, let's say, optimize. Mm -hmm. All right. Our communication efforts uh, through those three things. All right. And like you said, let's, let's go down, you know, the people rabbit hole for a second. All sure. right. You know, <laughs> I, I love finding rabbit holes. Come on. You know, I love a good rabbit hole. So, all right, let's let's talk. Let's talk about people. Like, how do you kind of see, you know, how our people need to maybe uh, to uh, develop or let's call evolve, yep. you know, for the changes that our industry is taking on right now? Well, listen, that for me is a, a it's a double edged sword from the employee standpoint. Um, show up. First of all, show up. <laughs> yep. And if, can we swear on this podcast? Dude, come on. Okay, first things first, give a shit. <laughs> there we right? go. <laughs> Just give a shit when you're showing up, right? Like, don't walk by that piece of paper and say it's not my job. 
Um, so, um, but at the precipice of it, I think it should come from leadership from the top. Mm -hmm. um, it's more than just a, a mission statement. They should have a vision statement. And I it really, like that. it really starts from the onboarding process. Are we giving them something to work towards? You know, so any any employee um, that has a sense of lethargy, um, that's 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 a culture based issue, right? And, mm -hmm. it, and it starts from the top. So I think, and not to harp on 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 owners, because like I said, right now, you know, they're being governed by fear, obviously, because of the uncertainty and the volatility right now mm -hmm. of interest rates, uh, chip shortages, inventory shortage, everything under the sun, right? So I think moving forward uh, this year, what I would like to see and why I'm so excited about being here at the NADA 2023 is that I'm really here to learn. I'm really here to absorb. Uh, Brian Benstock absolutely brought the house <laughs> down yesterday. And you know what I mean? How is he thriving while everybody is surviving? Mm -hmm. Right. So it's, it's more about showing up. It's more about a mindset. And um, what I would like to see moving forward is more of a linear decision-making process instead of a vertical decision-making process. All right, let's go a little farther than that. Let's, yeah, sure. For everyone out there watching and listening, kind of map that out for me, a linear. Well, linear would be like, we need more leaders and less managers. Okay, I like right? that. So I, as I said before, and I, I say it again, it's one of my favorite lines, like managers do things right and leaders do the right things, mm -hmm. right? So you don't necessarily have to have more managers. Managers are important, they manage the data. But the, the leaders are the people that can kind of get everybody together. Like there's always a leader within your ranks. It's the glue. It's the glue that sticks it together. And you don't necessarily, like not all leaders want to be managers. You know, and you neither can, should they be. Correct. I mean, <laughs> listen, you can have a master tech that could be considered a leader. But um, because we're, you know, the, fir the first thing that would have to happen in order for that kind of a system to take place is the admittance of ignorance. Mm. Right. A lot of um, if I could say this, but, you know, there's a lot of hubris in, in what we do. There's a lot of ego. And I think it's it's the release of power um, that 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 scares decision makers. And I really strongly believe that if we're creating more leaders, um, this is exactly. Listen, at the end of the day is very simple. Everything that is required to move us forward and out of this currently resides in your workforce. Yes. Everything you need is. Um, present every day when you're walking through the doors. So let, let's let's talk a little bit more about that transfer of power, because I think that's a huge thing, mm -hmm. you know, and look, it was something that I definitely learned um, the hard way. Yes, I did. Look, I was definitely one of those dealerships where I had people coming in and out on a pretty regular basis. I had a revolving door. Yeah. Right. I will admit it. Yes, I had a revolving door. Um, well, the entire industry, by the way, it's 52 percent. I know, and it's still there's still the revolving Correct. doors out there, yeah. right? It, it 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 came to a point in time where I definitely had to do some self awareness and a journey of just trying to understand, you know. And I took ownership of that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and I found that you know for me to kind of get into a place where you know I was going to create the culture of my dealership, I was going to have teams, you know, uh, that were able to handle things on their own, and it wasn't always going to be on my shoulders. Man, I felt the stress of everything always on my shoulders. Correct. Was I had to start empowering people. That means I had to, which was a very difficult thing for me to do, by the way. This wasn't easy for me to start giving up, all right, some of that power and empowering my staff. And I think there's a lot of people out there that struggle with that. How do we kind of get over that? How, how do you think we should get over that? Well, let me ask you, what was it? What was the catalyst that made you feel or make you know that you had to release that power? You know what? Um, funny, it was having kids. All right. <laughs> you All know, right. like I 
through life. Life changes, yeah. right? And you know, I just having young kids. You yeah. know, you know, with children, right? You can, of you kind of. Yeah, I think it very much so in a, like a business kind of a matter. Yeah, I know we've talked about this in the past. I know I have a very interesting approach to parenting, right? But they're, you know, they, they go through these stages of, you know, I, I need to train them, right? Then I need to develop out. All right, their, their, their training. And yeah. then at some point in time as they get older, I'm just going to have to not, I can no longer be a developer or trainer. Correct. I need to be a coach. Yep. Right. And I think it was that it was having kids and realizing that uh, there were going to be these stages and I need to get prepared for those stages. And in my business life, I wasn't doing that. So I'm like, look, here, I'm going to hit two birds with one stone. You know, I love finding two birds with one stone. <laughs> All right. And, and then there was that, that was, that was the catalyst for me was having children. Well, this is a great point. So leadership and management, I mean, look at the symmetries between parenthood and, <laughs> and, and leading people, right? So, you know, as managers, you're, you're not, I firmly believe that you're not responsible for the results. Mm -hmm. You're responsible for the people that are responsible for the results. If you start to look at your business that way, the narrative changes completely, right? So that's what I meant before about the admittance of ignorance. It's not necessarily to harp down on any way, but like, for you, for example, before that, you know, you released the powers, you said, you know, what, what did your to-do list look like? That was huge. 20, 30, 40 kind of elements on there, right? hundred percent. Great. Well, now that you can kind of start delegating that, your business goes up, you're empowering your people, and by consequence, revenue goes up. Yeah, it was about, I think for me, one of the biggest things I did uh, to empower my people was creating a safe place for them to fail. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And you know what you bring that up? That was a really pivotal good moment. Yeah, right. Very pivotal moment. Listen, when you prohibit failure, you kill innovation. Yes. When you prohibit failure, you kill innovation. So as managers and leaders, um, it's very important for us to, when we're talking about culture, like it's the big buzzword, but outside of culture, as a manager, it's very simple. You need to create a space of safety, psychological safety for your people then and only then will they feel comfortable to bring up whatever combustion points exist in the process or or what have you on on, on the floor right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it, it, it's very much i believe it's it's very much about empowering your people at the end of the day man yeah you know what once i got over the hump of saying you know what mistakes are going to happen um but we're gonna we're gonna take time to to learn from those and you know what's funny I actually found that I learned more from our from my from my failures than yeah. I did from most of my successes. Yeah. And you know what? And in that and, and and that empowered me to do better as I went along. And I figured if if, if that's how I felt, then for surely my employees felt the same way. Yeah. And you know, but it, but that was tough. I'm going to be honest with you, man. As an operator, that was really really hard to say, okay, no. I if if I just did this for them, it would be done and it'd be fine. But to 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 accept and give a place where like, no, I need you to do this yourself and you may fail at it, but it's yeah. OK. Yeah, but you're also giving people something to work towards. Yes. Right. So um, and and I, I when I was running um, when I was under the rooftop running BDCs, one of the um, I guess you could say one of my greatest strengths uh, was people and how I was so fail hard fail often but fail forward mm -hmm. and fail fast there you go right if you're going to fail which we will fail fail fast and like you said yes okay we learn from it i i work hard but i play equally as hard so when we say um like yeah okay it's okay to let people fail yeah kind of we're also running a business 
So that's why the notion of failing fast comes to mind. But we have to be strategically patient, but with a high sense of urgency at the same time. So that that's where the fail fast, like just throw them out there, let them fail, let them learn, and then let's keep moving forward. But I think for, to achieve that, there is a relationship of trust that has to be created. 100%. That's where the moniker for my company, manage the data, coach the people, mm -hmm. right? So by managing them on a daily basis, not a weekly or monthly basis, can you imagine going up to your play at the end of the week and telling them, <laughs> hey, you had a really bad week. And then they look at you and they have the audacity to ask you, which they should, but um, challenge, challenge your managers. Um, saying like, okay, well, when did you notice that I was going off the rails? Oh, well, on Tuesday, I saw that your numbers started to slip and Wednesday and Thursday, and now it's Friday. So you let me fail all week. So when we're talking about building yes. trust, those are the things that you have to really fix. It's, it's really much emotional intelligence. There's the word, right? And emotional intelligence is very much about self-awareness, knowing yourself and, you know, how you directly impact others, how your actions impact others, how what you say impact others. It really, really does have um, a large impact. And not everybody, like I said before, understands things the same way, right? So we call it code switching and you have to adjust. The way you're gonna talk to um, the GM is not the same way that you're gonna talk to the sales manager. It's not the way, but you have to find a way to articulate or illustrate your points, but you have to learn the language and you have to get just get to know how to approach you know, the person that you're speaking to. Your I love that. Code switching. I like code that. Code switching is, is the incredibly Code practical. switching is basically, well, I'm not a teacher, but code <laughs> switching is basically your ability to, um, you know, to adjust, like I said, to adjust your articulation to mm -hmm. the audience, right? So if you're talking to a general manager, you have to understand that their brain is going so fast and there's just so much information. So we got to, um, emotions have to be absent. <laughs> from <laughs> emotions have to be absent from that conversation and it's just got to be a numbers like look x is happening it's causing a y and the consequence is z great so now that you brought me this problem what solution have you brought mm -hmm. oh well i don't know i'm here to figure it out and that's one of the problems before by um like you said before wanting to do everything we're not weaponizing our employees with the ability for critical thinking Dude, that's incredibly well said. Look, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our time today. Yep. And I know this is a topic that me and you can easily <laughs> jam about for a lot longer. But before I let you go, uh, Sean, and let's get back to the show, uh, for yes. everybody out there watching and listening right now, I yep. uh, would love to connect with you and kind of follow along with your journey or learn more about yourself. What's the best way to do so? Our uh, website is bdcalchemy.com and or you can hit me up on LinkedIn. Awesome, man. Thank you, dude. Thanks Thank for taking the time to jam Absolutely. with me. This was so much fun. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Matador Podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.